before we hop over into the episode, we have exciting news. Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp is back and it's bigger and it's better and it's bolder and it is on the 31st of October. What a mouthful. Okay, so it's back. It is now still four workshops, still live, still pulling amazing, incredible, passionate communicators, marketers, project managers, people working to make a difference together from across the country to explore how behavioral science can really help us accelerate our learning, accelerate our impact. Now, the exciting thing is that one day is absolutely incredible and we just don't want it to end. So it's not going to. When you go through the one day, you have four workshops. You will then have access to the members area where you have the opportunity to attend four weeks follow up. So the four weeks follow up is in the form of Q&As and support sessions throughout those four weeks to help you really nail any particular area that you want to focus on and really come together as a group. This is completely voluntary opt-in. This is a shared safe space kind of learning environment where we really want to start building on each other's strengths and expertise because we really realised we were just missing a trick. The conversations that were taking place in boot camp should not end. They're game changing. The knowledge that people have can really help break this cycle of duplication where we have so many people working on similar subjects and we're all so often starting from scratch again. So if there's any way we can start capturing and learning and sharing with direct reference to behavioural science and behaviour change, then I think we will. So we are. So anyone who comes will have the one day learning together with the four workshops and then enter the four week follow up. And of course, the masterclasses and lifetime access to all the on demand videos, etc. are there for you as well as that. To celebrate the fact that we have changed domains, we are now on www.behaviorchange.marketing to celebrate this because anyone who listens knows it's taken a while and the training kind of took a life of its own. We have a quiz. So the impactful change quiz is there for anyone who's just not sure how behavioural science can add value to their marketing and where to get started. Now, this first step might surprise you and it's really simple. I mean, it will just help you identify where you are and what bit of behavioural science could probably help you most. And when you get that, you actually get one of our swipe files. So you will get an interactive dashboard, which you can use on any subject, whether that's smoking, vaccinations, winter messaging, sexual health, sustainability, active travel. It's applicable across any subject because these are core processes that you need to use when you're using behavioural science. And I trust me, this dashboard will take you 15 minutes. See, so, you know, this stuff we can get going and we can get started quite simply. So, yeah, head on over to www.behaviorchange.marketing. Check out the boot camp on the 31st of October and have a go at the quiz. OK, let's head over to the next episode. Welcome to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Dale. With over 20 years experience delivering behaviour change marketing across NHS, public health, local government, central government. I work directly on some of the biggest campaigns such as Change for Life, as well as working on much more focused campaigns with some of our most vulnerable members of our communities. I know how hard it is to take the theory and the science and apply it frontline whilst delivering under such pressure with such huge expectations. This podcast is dedicated to unpacking the wonderful world of behavioral science, the wonderful world of social marketing and design thinking, and any 
other clever stuff that helps us communicate change, influence behavior, and ultimately increase our impact. Sound good? Let's dive in. Hello, this is Ruth, and today's episode we are looking at the four signs that your comms won't shift behavior. There are four cornerstones or must-haves that you need to use behavioral science effectively in comms and marketing. So if you want to shift from raising awareness to action, you need to tick these four boxes. Before I tell you what they are, let's just remember that behavioral science is of great interest to us because it helps us understand our audiences. So we can find the best way to communicate and the best way to market and get maximum results. In other words, our goals are to deeply understand our audiences so that we can work more effectively and do our best work. And that is the secret source. That is why we love behavioral science, because it's the route to understanding our audiences. But there are also loads of biases and loads of frameworks. And these frameworks will offer you more than just that in-depth understanding. They'll offer you intervention types. They'll offer you ways to develop and design interventions beyond the scope of marketing. So if you are working on a project, you know, behavioral science, the world is your oyster, really. There are uh, many theories of change that you can start looking at. But before you do that, I would highly recommend that you absolutely nail the cornerstones. Now, to do that, you need to use some of the behavioral science techniques. But the best thing to do is to just have a look, see where you are, see how you rate. In other words, rate your clarity around these four cornerstones. Because when you do, you will identify where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are, and you can laser focus in on where your weaknesses are and then use the appropriate behavioral science to go from red to green, to really enable and develop your skill set, but also just make your life so much easier when applying behavioral science or any change communications. So what are these four signs? The four signs that your comms will add to the noise and not activate action are one, you do not know the vision. Two, do not know your stakeholders. Three, you target everyone. Four, you do not measure your work. So let's expand on that a bit. So number one, you don't know the vision. Your vision is your fuel. It's what binds you to your stakeholders. So it's really important that you know where you fit in the wider strategy. Now, this could mean that you've got to get really proactive and ask for the strategy or, you know, look it up on the website, independently source a strategy. And if you can't find any and it's just come out of the blue and you're not sure what on earth anyone wants, you've got to ask the right questions and you've got to get confirmation on the vision of the work. You need to know what the desired outcomes are for two reasons. One, it's your fuel. But two, you can't set behavioral goals in line with desired outcomes if you don't know what the desired outcomes are. So, for example, childhood obesity strategies will often come from a vision of giving every child the best start in life. So this is where we kind of look to be levelling the playing field for children, having much more equality, nurturing communities. So you must understand, so that's the big vision. The big vision is to give the next generation a best start at life. So you need to understand where does your project fit amongst all the initiatives addressing this, of which there will be many. You don't need to go to the devil in the detail, but it's really important that you see where you fit. So Where do you fit amongst all the initiatives, for example, addressing food deserts? You know, you can't actually, lots of communities don't get easy access to non-highly processed foods or food prices. How is that being tackled? Food banks, who's working on that? 
PE lessons in schools. That's another intervention that's essential to the childhood obesity strategies. Ensuring there's safe environments and there's an outside place to play, safe play. So really, you know, high level vision stuff, don't get pulled down into the weeds. It's not our job to say what's right, what's wrong, all these projects will be going on. We're not there to judge whether they're effective or not. You're just there to know that they're happening so you know where you fit. And that's as easy as it is. And that is your one cornerstone. See, you can do this. Now, the second one, and I would recommend you look at these in order. The second one is you don't know your stakeholders. So if you don't know who your stakeholders are in your system, then that's a red flag because we are all interconnected. There is simply no subject, whether it is flu vaccination, smoking, sexual health, obesity. There is no behavioral challenge that has not had years and years of interventions campaigns and multiple organizations tackling it with the hope of improving lives so you need to know who's in your space and literally just jot them down strategically and operationally you're looking to understand what their vision is again very high level easy stuff to find but also what their blockers are and any interdependencies they may have essentially you want to know why they should collaborate with you and what may stop them working with you in boot camp, we have a new skills booster, a skills accelerator swipe files. That's a mouthful. And in there, we have a stakeholder map for people to use to help them get started. But just another example of this. So it's kind of a good example as it's a mistake I see made constantly. Schools and teachers get popped down on nearly every public health plan. But the reality is when you put them down as a stakeholder, if you do not also note that they are not able to be an active stakeholder, if you haven't even got confirmation from them that they can work with you, then you've got to put them down as a potential blocker, not in a negative sense at all, but in the sense that you understand what is happening in the world of your stakeholders. So yes, they may work on the same agenda, of course, educating young people, of course, that's the best start in life. But if your stakeholder is struggling and is at crisis point, don't go asking them to do more. You need to understand where people are at because it needs to be part of your planning. Everything just keeps on coming and coming and coming down the same channels as though something's going to change, as though those schools will suddenly not be underfunded. The cracks are showing decades of underfunding and devaluing the state school system. The cracks are showing. And it's just the the negative impact of that on our young people is now compounding over time. So they've got that to look at. So if we're looking at another project, they are so, so important, but understand where they're at, especially if, you know, don't just put, oh, yeah, school newsletter, thinking that the teachers are there and able to open newsletters or, you know, the heads. Unless you get confirmation and they're an active participant, then you can't just keep shoving them down. Okay, (laughs) And the same primary care, really, to be honest, it's almost like when we look at our stakeholders, we look, oh, yeah, there's a newsletter that goes there and I'll pop something in the newsletter and then that's that tick done. And that's not what stakeholder mapping is. Stakeholder mapping is understanding what your interdependencies are with your audience and also what their blockers and what the opportunities are. So it's about getting real a bit. And you know what? It doesn't matter if they're blocked. It doesn't matter if you've got loads of stakeholders, but they're all drowning. You have to, well, it does matter, but you know, it's about knowing and it's about accepting the situation you're in at this point. So if you don't have everything ready at hand, you know, your stakeholder mapping would be go onto your to-do list. You would literally brain dump at this point, 10, 15, 20 minutes. So knowing your vision can take you from five minutes to an hour, depending if you need to read something. 
or, you know, 20 minutes, depending on how easy and accessible that vision statement is. So knowing your stakeholders, this first glance, this first cornerstone, you know, 20 minutes. So don't not do it. It's so invaluable, honestly. And I'll tell you why. The next one. So the third sign is that you don't know your audience. Now, segmenting isn't always popular, but it's absolutely essential. The reasons we don't segment are many. Time pressures, resistance from stakeholders. But for every comms and marketing professional out there, I simply don't believe that you don't know that every time you target everyone, you are adding to the noise. I don't think we don't segment because we don't know we should. I think it's because of other pressures. So I'm not going to just say, oh, segment, segment, as though that helps, because that's actually quite annoying, isn't it? But from a cornerstone perspective, again, a bit like the stakeholders, it's just about knowing where are we at? Do you have time stopping you segmenting? Do you have stakeholders you need to manage? Because when you understand that, you can understand the behavioral science tools that will help you overcome those hurdles. And there's a lot of design thinking and behavioral science tools. And one of our very own tools that we use here are available to you to actually do this work and to shift beyond and take your stakeholders and bosses with you into the world of segmentation. But if you can't, if it is a, yes, this is simply raising awareness, then just acknowledge it. Just own it. It's fine. I do that often. We are guilty of that here because sometimes it actually is about awareness. And I'm not talking about nice brand awareness that's been planned and developed. I'm talking about, ah, you know, it wasn't our best work, but we needed to get it out type thing. Not for our clients. Hello, clients, not for you. I'm thinking more of our podcast and things. I shouldn't say that, should I? (laughs) Uh, It's the algorithms. They get you. You sort of, the hamster wheel. Anyway, so another example of this is childhood vaccinations. So childhood vaccinations are a universal service, but every mum is very different. A new mum is very different to a mum with four kids. So the messaging and the intervention for a school-run mum, someone who's very busy, cannot breathe, and is jumping from work to school run, to after school clubs, to football clubs, swimming clubs, swimming lessons, etc., is going to respond to very different messages than a new mum who perhaps doesn't understand the vaccination schedule. Now, there is data that says that vaccinations for with children do trail off as the amount of children you have. So if you speak to any mum, it's not going to take Einstein to work out the reasons why it may trail off from a practical logistical perspective without looking, going into beliefs and values, just from a literally trying to do everything perspective. And that is a very different message and perhaps opportunity to offer people catch ups and, you know, better times to actually get vaccinated. So from a marketing perspective, you're looking perhaps at some different P's, not just promotion. And we might be looking at the product and the placement, but that is a very different message to mums who perhaps it's their first child and they're not sure what they think. They're not sure what they feel. They just know they're really quite scared and worried. One, about making the wrong decision and two, about there being a negative outcome. And three, well, is it really necessary? So really different approaches. So it's so important because just telling everyone to vaccinate their child to everyone is just noise. The fourth sign, you don't have a measurable goal. This is the toughest one. We set way too many goals We have too many expectations on ourselves, but it's very important that we set a behavioral measurable goal. Now, you'll hopefully see why you do this in order now, because in order to set your behavior change goal, you really do need to know your vision, the outcome that you're working towards. You need to know your stakeholders because information and intelligence will have come up to help you make and decide this measurable goal. And then you know your audience. I mean, how different? 
it is if you think about trying to reach new mums to busy mums back at work and juggling the school run they're different and they will bring with them different touch points so you need the answers to the first three to be able to start looking at the fourth now you might not have it clear you might not have it nailed down completely and that's reality but don't set goals that you can't measure if you can't measure it why are you doing it if you can't say I am not increasing inequality. I know exactly how this is landing. Then why are we doing it? We cannot just throw things like spaghetti out a wall and hope it sticks and not know. Health inequalities have widened. Inequality in general is just is growing. So we can't just keep getting very busy and doing lots of nice, pretty things. And not that you want to, I know you don't want to, but we've got to stand up for the fact that actually rein back our expectations and look at growing our work, uh, capturing our work, measuring our work and experimenting with our work. So it's essential. So you might be stuck on, oh, well, what's the difference between an outcome goal and a behaviour change goal? So a little example for you here. So smoking, always a nice one. So the big outcome really is to help smokers quit and improve their health. So that impacts them in the way they want, whether that's to join the local football team, whether that's to stop another stroke, whether that's to play with their children. But it's about improving health. Now, the example behaviour change goals might be to smoke outside. So to actually step outside to smoke if they're reducing their cigarettes. It might be to sign up to smoking cessation at the local clinic and then attend them. It might be to get the nicotine replacement therapy. These are actual behavioural goals. And within them, you will even break down, you know, the, the steps. So the goals are linked to the decisions that your audience has to make. You need to understand the decisions your audience has to make in order to change their behaviour. So it's all about understanding their decisions. Now, you won't know all of this. When you're looking at your cornerstones, we like to look at it as our dashboard. You're just getting a sense of what you do know and what you don't know. Now, to help you, we've developed the Clarity Quiz. It's really fun, really simple, you know, just like a magazine where you have answers mostly red, mostly green, mostly amber. But we really just wanted to help you get started because if you start without understanding where your start point is, almost problem framing, you can go down a very busy road and actually the wrong road and we can come up and just things can grow that are unmanageable, that are untested and you can get lost very quickly in behavioural science. So have a go at the quiz. The quiz is on the website www.behavechange.marketing and when you have a go at the quiz, you can sign up for the newsletter, which will then send you your dashboard. So the dashboard will take you through the quiz in a bit more detail and give you the next steps. Because I know the bit you're actually really interested in is, OK, so this is my what I need to do. How do I do it? And that's the bit I know everyone is interested in. How do I do it? If I'm a red in understand my audience, how can I get my stakeholders to come along with me and segment? So that will be ideas for that will be in your dashboard. And it's, we've just kept that dashboard uber simple. This is not all fancy stuff. This is literally, I mean, I reckon you could do the dashboard in like 45 minutes in just from a brain dump perspective. It's not meant to be hard. It's just simply meant to set you in a good place. Because when you see where you're read, then you know where to focus your learning. And then you know where to focus which bit of behavioral science you really need in this immediate time. So 
I'm really hoping that is of useful. I'd love to hear what people think of the dashboard. And I think you'll be surprised how easy this is. So take the time, have a bit of fun, have a go. And yeah, you can reuse the dashboard for every project. It's, you can reuse it all the time. And also, just as a side note, what it will do is help you up-level your, the questions that you have for your stakeholders and bosses. When things are read, one of the key things we need to do is get that information. How and when we get that information is really important. So the quality of your question will determine the quality of the answer. So it, onus is on us to sort of be proactively getting it. And so in your that dashboard are some really simple questions just that you can take and use that would help you get started. Okay, right, over and out. Have fun, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We're so delighted you joined us. And if you've got any value out of this at all, or even if you just simply had a little chuckle, please do share it with anyone you think it may benefit. And please, if you do leave a review, oh my gosh, we would be forever in your debt. The algorithms on podcasts are pretty tough and reviews do make all the difference. So please do head over onto your platform and leave us one. And also, if you need to know anything about our latest training or you just want to get in touch, head over to our website, which is www.socialinsightmarketing.co.uk forward slash bootcamp.